Welcome to the Make Disciples Podcast, a short weekly podcast where we will share topics, ideas, and resources useful to you in your effort to follow Jesus as a disciple. Well, welcome back to this episode of the Make Disciples Podcast. Once again, my name is Dan Rober. I'm the Director of Community Life here at Wildwood. Joining me in the podcast studio today is our worship leader, Russell Matherly. Good to have you here, Russell. Hey, Dan. Thanks for having me. This is my three-peat on the podcast. Number three. Number three. Do we need to start making jackets like SNL style so that once you hit the five-timers club, you know, you get to wear that, that kind of thing? Or like a letter jacket, like in high school. I never had one. Okay. um, I hear if you did the sports, every time you accomplished whatever, you'd get another little pin or whatever. Yeah. We could do that. That'd be fun. Yeah. Something to think about. It'd grow our budget a little bit here. Yeah. It'd be a little more expensive, but we'll we'll think about that. Yeah. Pins are a lot cheaper than uh, jackets. Mm -hmm. Yeah. No doubt. Well, let's get into something that is uh, uh, more important than pins and jackets. We're talking about this season, the disciplined life, and we're saying that there are things that we can do in our lives to help us grow towards spiritual maturity. A lot of this isn't particularly surprising, but it's things that we may just go through the motions without actually thinking about why this is necessary, why this is valuable in our Christian lives. And I think that's especially true for our discussion today because we're talking about church and the sacramental life. I don't think anyone who comes to Wildwood is going to be surprised by this statement. As a Christian, you should come to church. Blowing people's mind here, Mm. right, Russell? Mm. Yeah. It, it's not particularly surprising, uh, but at the same time, we'll note that uh, coming to church doesn't make you a Christian. I mean, just like uh, going into a garage doesn't make you a car or going into McDonald's doesn't make you a hamburger is uh, the phrase that I've heard about it. But we do want to talk about why coming to church and why participating in the sacraments is valuable in your life. And we should say that when I use the term sacrament, We aren't going to get deep into that today. We're just talking about participating in things like baptism and the Lord's Supper so we can understand that. So so let's open it up. Russell, for you, what role does uh, church attendance, participating in the life of the church and uh, the sacraments play in the spiritual development of a Christian? Specifically focusing on uh, the sacraments for a second. That is, in my mind, a very tangible example that Christianity is, so to speak, like a, a team sport. Like you can't do this on your own. You can't baptize yourself. You can't uh, serve yourself communion. So in that way, it's like a very uh, on the ground example that I need other people. Hmm. You know, um, you have to be in the beloved community of the Big C Church. Um, for your spiritual health and development. We need other people. And I think that's the biggest thing that um, the sacraments really point to and gathering together on a worship service when you're singing in a crowd of other people and you hear the other voices around you or you're saying a prayer together or even just little things like hearing people turn pages in their scripture to find the passage or whatever like that. Just a, a reminder that we're all here on this uh, word that gets overused, but we're all kind of on this journey together. That's really profound, and that's really been meaningful to me, especially over the last couple of years. Hmm. And that's really important. The Christian life was never meant to be lived alone. Right. In fact, the whole concept of the church is this unity, the common unity that we have 
by all being indwelled by the Holy Spirit Mm -hmm. and coming together as believers. And so church allows us to do that. And I really like that example of the sacraments as well, because it's saying that you wouldn't give yourself a sacrament, but receiving it from someone else indicates that sort of community. Let's get personal about this. Uh, For you uh, individually, how has a habit of church attendance and participating in things like uh, communion or the Lord's Supper helped you in your Christian life? Yeah. So specifically for, you know, baptism and communion, every time that I see a baptism happen, I was baptized when I was a kid, um, seven or eight, something like that. Every time I see a baptism happen, whether it's of uh, an infant, of a child, uh, of an adult, I'm reminded that I have a responsibility to this person who is now entering the family, the covenant family. I have a responsibility to you. Um, we're not just people who, you know, think similarly about things. We're, we're not just people who happen to be in the room together for the same cause. We're actually united to each other in Christ as a family, as the body. And that comes with responsibilities. It's kind of not an perfect example, but it's kind of like when my daughter was born, all of the parenting theory and information and stuff like that, which was great. It was all helpful. Um, all the advice that we got was great. But when I held my daughter Felicity in my arms the first time, there was just this sense of, I have a responsibility and an obligation to keep this child alive, you know? And like I said, it's not a perfect example, but it's the same sort of thing. When someone is baptized, I'm saying, you are now grafted into the family. You are my brother or you are my sister, and I have a responsibility. I am committed to serving you in whatever way I can, whatever that looks like. A similar thing for communion, it's just a constant reminder of God's forgiveness. It's not just, you know, it's funny when Jesus is talking about his sacrifice with his disciples, um, he doesn't give them like a philosophical theological treatise on the atonement. He gives them a meal. And he says, here is something that is tangible, that is not only tangible, not only practical, you can actually taste it. Literally, you can taste it. Um, A reminder of my forgiveness. Here's my body, which is broken for you. Here's my blood, which is shed for you for the renewing of the covenant. And that's really profound that it's not just something you do, uh, you know, when people say, do this in remembrance of me. I like that language, but it's not just like, when you just remember something, you just call it to mind or you just think about it or you, you know, read about it or something like that. And it stays up in your head. It's just cerebral. But when we take communion, we are in a sense participating in with our bodies what Christ has done for us. And not that we're sacrificing Christ again in a literal sense, but it's in that figurative sense like we are physically in our bodies participating in Christ's sacrifice. So it's a way that grounds that remembrance in all of our senses, not just kind of calling it to mind. And I think we could bring this communal aspect as well up once again, because we're talking about how we're going to do it together with the people who are in the room, but we're also participating physically with Christians all over the globe who are doing that same kind of thing um, and being involved with it. And once again, there's so many various aspects of church that we could talk about from uh, the music. And you mentioned that frequently during worship services about how uh, we participate in worship and mm-hmm. listening to a sermon. But the sacraments are a uh, one of the foundational aspects of the church that we see scripturally telling us that we should be participating in. Right. So let's say that someone got in the habit of 
not doing these things and just living out uh, their life without being uh, committed or dedicated to a church. I'd imagine a lot of our listeners um, are involved in church, but maybe they have uh, lapsed a little bit or mm-hmm. maybe COVID mm-hmm. has changed patterns or rhythms or habits. Um, what would you encourage them to do uh, to make uh, a church-centered, sacrament-filled life central for them? Yeah, that's a really good question. And I hope this answer doesn't come across as like reductionistic or simplistic or anything like that. Um, the best way to do it is to do it. Hmm. Um, and what I mean by that is, and this is something that you know David has said before from the pulpit, I think, anyways, um, about prayer is the best way to learn how to pray is by praying. There's something to be said about all the theory, and it's good to study. It's good to know the theology. It's good to know the background and stuff like that and the history. But um, there's just something that happens when you experience the sacraments for yourself, when you experience corporate worship for yourself, that none of the theory can ever really get to. It's like the difference between looking at music that's written on a page and then hearing an orchestra or a band or a singer perform that music. There's just a whole different level to it. And that's not to say that there's never times where, for legitimate reasons, we can't gather together. Of course, we all know kind of firsthand what that's like. Oh, absolutely. um, Especially over the last couple of years. But I think the ideal is always, you know, even if we have to separate for a time, that there would be a time when we come back together because that is the ideal for Christian worship. Hmm. And I'll just uh, give a plug once again for our plan for growth. Uh, This is not meant to be a guilt-laden thing, but we put together a plan to say, hey, think about the next three or four months. Can you commit to coming to church for a certain number of weeks? And that's just one of the things we talk about. We talk about scriptural reading and prayer as well. But can you devote yourself to this particular time, just like I need to devote myself for physical exertion or going to the gym or whatever, or uh, learning or whatever it is, can we devote ourselves to doing these things? And I like that. We, we got to just do it um, at times, even when it feels perhaps like we might be missing out on something or it's not as fulfilling as we want it to be. Right. We need to uh, be devoted to that. There's something about repetitive patterns and habits of what, you know, eventually, like take a musician, for example, like at first you sit down and you're practicing your scales or practicing chords or switching chords or whatever. I'm thinking guitar. And at first it's like, oh man, this really hurts my fingers. I can't make the music that I want to make. This is really frustrating. And then over time, you know, you look at someone like Andy Nathan, who plays guitar for us on Sunday and you watch him and it just looks effortless. Well, that effortlessness came from a lifetime of practicing and a lifetime of habit. And that's what the sacraments do. That's what corporate worship does. It makes us into a kind of person over time. Yeah. Well, one more question for you, Russell. Uh, As you think about this as uh, leading this aspect of our ministry, are there some resources that uh, stand out to you that would be useful to our listeners? There are um, two books that I want to recommend. One is called Spirit and Sacrament by Andrew Wilson. And Mm. that's just talking about worship in general. Andrew Wilson is a Reformed uh, pastor, theologian in uh, the UK. Brilliant guy. Great book. It's a short book. Good history in it, too. Uh, Spirit and Sacrament is that one. Um, The other one um, is Desiring the Kingdom by James K.A. Smith. I just read this one recently. Disclaimer, he's a philosopher and he writes like one. So it is a bit of tough sledding. Um, It is not an easy read, 
but it is just a really rich theology of what to really kind of stir the imagination of what a church could be, especially as a segment where he, um, in the book, where he goes through different parts of a worship service. And anyways, just really stirs the imagination of, man, what is going on during communion? It just really um, enriches that time, I think, Hmm. and stuff like that. That would sound great. Well, we commend those resources to you. And I want to say thanks to uh, Russell for joining us, as he mentioned, for the third time on this podcast. We'll work on getting those jackets together. Okay, good. uh, Let me know when you get them, because I won't. We'll see what we can do. And thank you for joining us for this episode. We'll see you next time. Thanks for joining us for this episode of the Make Disciples podcast. We would love it if you would subscribe, leave a review, and spread the word. This podcast can be found in Apple Podcasts and on Spotify. My thanks to Catherine Eckhart, the producer of this podcast. This podcast is a ministry of Wildwood Church in Tallahassee, Florida.